Welcome to the Inquisitive BC. Today I'm speaking to Beck Kim. Beck is a general partner at Hashed, a crypto-native VC focused on bridging the ecosystem in US and Asia. Prior to Hashed, Beck was a software engineer at Amazon Web Services, working on IoT and robotics. He was also a founder of a last mile logistics startup. We talk about his journey to crypto VC, Hashed's thesis, crypto gaming, the Asian market, and much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. I would love to start with your background and how you got into the world of venture capital. I was always passionate and interested about venture and startup industry, but always thought venture capital is something that I would get into when I'm already successful, you know, built my business and have a lot of different insights to share with the up and coming or a new generation of founders. As I started doing more and more building and meeting people and learning about the landscape, I thought there was many different ways to add value rather than just being that one smartest guy in the industry. So my journey started in college where I studied robotics and uh, computer engineering at CMU. And I noticed that CMU for how good of engineering program they have, didn't really have uh, any entrepreneurship or startup ecosystem dedicated for uh, undergraduate students. So I told my professor that why is that the case? We should change that. And we started a program called Innovation Scholar Fellowship, where the selected students are future potential founders, and we would give them grants, mentorship, pair them with the alumni founders and funds to give more exposure about what's outside of the campus and what can you build and how Silicon Valley is run. So I, I made the the program my professors and became a first batch myself and that really opened my eyes into what it's like um, to be in the venture capital to be in the venture scene and that was actually when i first found out about bitcoin as well as a part of the program i think it was my sophomore um, junior year uh, that we went to Silicon Valley all together and then we visited uh, boost vc but he was just talking to cmu students for two hours just about bitcoin and he said his funds doing sci-fi investment and i thought wow, this um, really wealthy son of billionaire doing something really odd. <laughs> and I didn't really pay attention that it's something really odd. And I was studying robotics. So I had like high ego as an engineering student that this is like the future. In retrospect, there were many different opportunities to be early in crypto and in the blockchain space. But you know that at least started getting myself into startup industry and venture. And during school and after school, I did my own startup in the field for about a year and a half. Didn't really take off. And I, you know, I went back to Amazon uh, to get salary from Fang uh, for a couple of years. And, you know, I started becoming a little bit more, you know, itchy and got to do something early and new, more exciting. And I think that's when really I fully got into crypto, where in 16, 17, after I get off work from Amazon at six, <laughs> I would just do crypto all the way until like midnight with my roommate. And my roommate was also cruising at Microsoft, where we would be just studying different white papers every day after school at uh, University of Washington Library. And this became a full-time thing. And I, I was fortunate enough to be connected to current hash partners at the time where they were also engineering background founders who exited a few times. And Simon, who was running the mass education startup funded by SoftBank, he reached out hey, we are thinking about making this into a more structured fund and we're going to scale so that uh, we can build a brand and we can support founders in a scalable manner. And I thought this is a really interesting for a startup industry where I've been always interested in venture, but never really seen this passionate group of people, almost religious, 
a bar in a building are something that doesn't really have any infrastructure today. That kind of got me into more and more. And then when Simon said he's going to build it into a hash, I ended up moving to Korea and joined the farm in Seoul, investing actively uh, since then. That's super exciting. So it's definitely been like a long journey, but it's great to see you actively investing in crypto now. And I guess, could you expand then on on the changes that Hashed has gone through since the time that you've joined to what it is now and the general thesis of things that you look at? Yeah, our thesis has been always uh, the same in that we do anything to push mass adoption of crypto. And we have two main focus areas. One is Web3 Infra. And then second part is gaming and metaverse. The main reason that I think the infra side is quite obvious. The gaming side, we got a lot of questions in the early days. You know, we thought if you're pushing for adoption of crypto, we got to find you know, the best channel for adoption. And going to offline stores or restaurants would be too much of heavy lifting. And we wanted to stay within digital economy. And when you think about digital economy, there are a few large sectors like e-commerce and others in gaming, esports, and you know, we noticed that gaming is one of the most fastest growing, most engaging, and also the community style and the DNA was very similar to what we see today in crypto, like, you know, Discord channels of DAOs and all that. It has very similar kind of ethos and vibe, I would say. So we, we decided to focus on those two. And then other, other thesis was in gaming. And our first deal that we did was X-Infinity in 2018, where we were very lucky to meet the team in Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam. At the time, we were experimenting with a program called Hash Labs, where we ran one batch of gaming accelerator program because I, I mentioned that gaming is going to be our thesis, but we noticed that there was no gaming founders in the market in 2018 because only games you see are like Tron bats or like EOS and like really sketchy, speculative, unsustainable gambling type of founders that are looking for in a short exit. And we were looking for genuine founders and to make our focus more visible to the market, we ran the accelerator. And XE guys were one of the kind of first ones that, we, that applied and met and we became an advisor. And then we became their first check to the seed run. That led to also inviting Sandbox to our program, which has now become the leading uh, open metaverse Roblox and blockchain project where we were advisor to them and led the seed run. That's been our early thesis has evolved. And we are very fortunate that those early bets became not just product or successful business, but became vibrant ecosystems in their own ways that we continuously reinvest back into those ecosystems to incubate early teams building on those ecosystems as well. There's a lot of conversation about how VCs, crypto VCs fit into the land of crypto and decentralized networks. What is your thoughts on how VCs fit into the world of crypto and being able to essentially invest early into these projects and end up owning large amounts of the network? And so what's your point of view and hash point of view around that kind of argument? We're all figuring out still what VC means in crypto space. I think early days of VC in crypto was bringing those concepts of um, institutional investment into crypto space that can write big checks. Didn't really understand what it means to participate in governance or participate in validator program or whatever. But the bar is continuously going up. And also the funds are learning what the limitations they have and what they are stuck at and what they're good at. And also founders also starting to figure out 
these VCs were helpful, these VCs were not helpful. They had good intent, but couldn't do it for these reasons. They just plainly wasn't great. So these data points are all getting built up, I think, where before it was all kind of macro bets by VCs and also founders. And founders were going for major thesis on, we're going to replace computing with blockchain, or you know, we're going to replace contents with NFT. Uh, and VCs were also jumping on that thesis that, hey, we'll invest in DZs that will cover these theses rather than going for this specific product market fit. But there is this kind of momentum. We're going to see this market opportunity. It didn't really happen until very recently. So um, I think we're still figuring out. And Hash as a fund, we've been also learning a lot. Investor in the industry as a crypto native investor past five years, what it really means to be an investor. And I think one thing that we really learn and emphasize a lot on is uh, participation. I think investing into token and investing into network really entry ticket to become major participant in those networks. And when you think about these chains and protocols that launch, as you put it, VCs own most of the initial share of the network. And it's very uh, irresponsible to not utilize those shares, whether that's staking, validating, or utilizing that for liquidity or building something. You are the major owner and the operator of the network uh, in a way. And if you are just holding on to it without nothing and just waiting for the appreciation, that's just two web two model of VC. And that's how our fund grew as well, where we were one of the first funds to run validator for all our major portfolios. And whenever I go on like a testnet calls for our portfolios, I was like the only VC and other people were like figments, Steakfish, and like these guys would ask me like, oh, why are you co-training? And I'm like, I used to work at AWS and our team is all technical. We're actually running our validator ourselves and we can do this because we operated with our own money rather than getting permission from LPs to run it. So that, that kind of worked out for us. And that was like 18, 19. And after that, all the funds started running it through different technical partners or on their own. And we thought that's a commodity, right? What can we do more? And we realized governance is actually getting more and more you know, intense and, and actually important, right? Before governance was more like something happening, but nothing mission critical. But now actual each voting of governance is changing token model or actual price action of these and networks becoming more you know, serious and being participating as like a responsible a major shareholder to you know, share our opinion and share our thesis on where this protocol should go has been one thing. And then we realized that there's many ways that we can get creative to part, um, help our portfolios. We have a massive capital that um, we can utilize for our portfolio ecosystem. We realized, hey, these DeFi protocols and others, and when they launch, um, they struggle to bootstrap the liquidity because one, retail don't know. Two, retail are concerned about initial security and experience. Because when liquidity is small, they're going to experience impermanent loss or in a world that someone might just manipulate it, that just adds a lot of friction points. So we realized, oh, maybe you can utilize a capital to support our portfolio's launching, provide anywhere from 10 to 200 million worth of capital, whether that's to staking or TVL, the initial pools, so that the end users of those our portfolio can have smooth experience without worrying too much about the problem of early in a DeFi protocol. And our quant finance team started working with those portfolios on designing how to design those mechanisms and launch plans and smoothly out the liquidity side. So that's been the main thing that we learned that we can be helpful on. So it's like starting with like kind of zero to one of our funding, 
help them on growth, building up their organization, being participating in the network to secure the network as a validator, governance. And then when they launch, we help them with the liquidity so that they can provide better experience for the, in the market. I think there's uh, some great points. It, it's definitely understanding that there's a lot more value that crypto VCs can provide when it's native to, to the product and to the vertical. That's definitely a really interesting way that you guys go about it. And you guys are quite active in terms of investors across geography. So actively investing in Asia and the US. I'd love yeah. to understand like some of the interesting differences that you've seen investing across these markets. There's a cycle of how these two, you know, just to make it simple, like East and West, that there's been a convergence and divergence. But I think during Corona times, past two years, there it has been mainly divergence of these two economies and ecosystem, mainly because Asia has been completely shut down and made it really hard for foreigners to enter the country and physically be present to interact and learn about ecosystem but it was one of the also one of the fastest growing you know moment for crypto ecosystem where a lot of new talents came in a lot of new capital came in and each ecosystem have grown in their own ways to themselves and be global in their own you know dna and we as a fund, we don't care too much about bringing U.S. projects to Asia or Asia projects to U.S., but we focus on being global while our efforts stay very local. What I mean by that is we go to where founders start their business and we go to where talents start experimenting with crypto. So that's why we built our U.S. office in Bangalore, uh, where we have seven people based there physically. Uh, all local hires, and uh, we've been, you know, learning about Indian founders and market via investing in eight different companies past five years through our venture partner based there, and we converted him to our head of India and launched the team there. And most of the members are actually researchers and to market focus across people like PMs, lawyers that help early founders coming in from that space to know how to build Web3 organization rather than just looking for this different investable opportunity to put in the capital, which I think a lot of crypto funds are already doing. But we noticed that it's quite odd to see that still at this point, there's no active crypto fund on the ground in India or any of Asian markets today. I think those are some amazing points. And I think to run into some of our final question, I would love to hear about the secret obsession of yours that not many people know about? I think my obsession is being a power user. And this is something that I always ask when someone interviewed for Hash or our portfolios or anyone that says they're interested in learning more about crypto or starting something or getting a job in crypto space. I always tell them the first step to enter crypto space is becoming a power user. Um, because there is an interesting industry. There is very vague boundary among three roles that define the industry, I think, which is one is the user, second is the builder, and the third is the investor. And I noticed that everyone is actually doing all of these three roles. Like I am an investor in a professional uh, main job, 
but we are also building via studio, um, actually launching things together. And also being a power user where I use many of our portfolio um, ecosystems and products. And that's how I actually stay in top of, on top of what changes are happening in these products and what changes are happening in UX and what kind of improvements are happening via infrastructure that allow for new form of engagement. And I think many of people, especially coming into crypto space, are afraid to waste time spending time on wrong products or wasting time trying to figure out how to use, not something that you should be too worried about. I think all of those times wasted actually become a big good soil to grow whatever insights you might have down the line as a crypto person. Yeah, no doubt. I think being an active user is definitely the best way to even learn when you're starting to get into crypto. Finally, could you talk about the latest investment you made and why did you make it? Yeah, we made <laughs> so many investments in early this year. <laughs> but I think something that really comes to my mind is the Everlearn that we made investment, which is a, started as a Republic Learn which was a kind of subsidiary of a company called, which is also mm -hmm. our early stage investment portfolio. It's, it's like Angelus where it democratizes investing into private stocks, especially the kind of up and coming unicorn startups. And also for crypto where you know, they also offer coin list like offerings for crypto projects to raise from the public in a complex manner. Realm and now Everlearn is an interesting holdings company that's being the real estate developer in metaverse space. And we noticed that they were already working with all of our portfolios, such as like Sandbox, Axie, Nifty Island, Legal Kingdom, Derby Stars, on how to buy land, where to buy, and if when they buy, what to do with it, whether building museum, building a gallery, building Unity game on top, they really make each metaverse space unique and interesting, basically building new layer of contents on these lands that are purely just speculative in a trading market today, especially when you look at early days of Sandbox, when they did initial land offering, they're making each land unique and have a story. And they're doing it in a most systemic and compliant way, where many of the efforts has been done by freelancers and individuals or fans or DAOs. But we thought the way they ever learn is doing it is almost like a house landscape or real estate developers in, let's say, like new regions like you know China or Dubai come in and create like a whole land development plan on what it's going to be and why it's going to be big. So that's been something that I thought was one of the most interesting approach and something that's been very synergetic with what we already do as investor and builder. So basically, when we build games from our um, studio, they can come on board uh, either as investor or you know as a participant to create more content as a partner. And they're already doing that across different platforms and also devising and helping traditional brands or automakers or fashion brands to interact with our portfolios in the metaverse setting, whether that's NFT collection or designing their own metaverse or creating a you know one uh, one time uh, event or concert that can raise their brand awareness among metaverse community, especially with the Gen Z. That's definitely a really interesting company. 
I think owning the space of being the builders in the metaverse is, is definitely super interesting. But yeah, those are all the questions I had, Vic. Thank you so much again for coming on. I really enjoyed the conversation. It was really great. Thank you for having me. 